Welcome into how Seymour sees it, a fantasy football podcast show. Tuesday night. How you doing tonight, JJ? I've been better. You've been better? I've been better. I let that music music play a little bit louder than uh, Ron does. All right, so for tonight, we're going to try to not give you rustling papers in the background. Anything you want to bring up quick, JJ, before we uh, go off the complete format like every other week Ron's not on it? Um. Not really. I'll whine when we get to the game. Oh, whine when we get to the game? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no, we're not going to do it that way. No, see, I, I've got something for you. We're going to start the show off with that. Oh, God. The Bears had a rough game yesterday, and we're just going to have to let JJ talk about it and get it off his chest really quick, so. JJ, you just want to, like, talk about it and play your little violin? Well, you know, just in typical Homer fashion, I got my hopes up. Five and one team. Everyone calling them pretenders. Monday night game in front of the national audience. Chance to prove yourself. And what happens? The defense scores more points than the offense. And you lose by two touchdowns in embarrassing fashion to the Rams. Um, one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. And it really exposed the Bears in front of everyone and just how many issues they have on the offensive side of the ball. The defense played okay. There were too many missed tackles. But offensively, I have to say the Bears probably have the worst offensive line in the NFL. And I feel Yeah, so it just looks like Nick Foles runs around for his life. And just talking about those turnovers, man, and just how bad he was passing around the field. There was that one pass we saw to Mooney, I believe it was deep. He got off his defender, and he was heading towards the end zone, and he completely missed him. Yep, he beautifully burned Jalen Ramsey on a double move. Got wide open. It was a 96-yard touchdown, and it was missed on a bad throw from pressure because the line can't stop anything, and Nick Foles can't run. If only there was a quarterback on the roster that was mobile enough to get himself some space to throw the ball. I'm certain Mitchell Jabritsky. That's the one. Oh, man, yeah. But unfortunately, you know, they've gone to their man, and I think they're going to stick with their man, too. Um, last, last night, too, you just saw a real lack of production from Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham in the red zone because they were really never in the red zone, I kind of feel like. Um, and it just kind of falls back to that offensive line just playing so bad. When they got in the red zone, they turned the ball over on horrendous throws. And I would like to point out, in Mitchell Trubisky's defense, in his three starts, the Bears had over 300 yards in every game, and they ran for between 130 and 140 yards a game. So since Nick Foles has come in, the Bears are now in that four-game stretch. They now have the least amount of yards per game at less than 270, and they haven't eclipsed 80 yards of rushing in any of those games. So it, the offense has gotten worse since Foles has come in. So, so what do you so what do you think the fantasy relevance of the Bears going forward is going to be? Because like as you as you said, if they're playing a very decent defense like the Rams, it just seems like they don't produce. Uh, it's tough to say. I think Robinson will continue to get targets, and Montgomery is going to get the volume. Um, mm -hmm. They just have to change something up. In the beginning of the year, you saw Montgomery run a little more effectively with Trubisky when they would go under center and run some of the play action stuff, um, the run game just looked cleaner. But now out of the shotgun, I, I just – what was the game plan? Like 
run at Aaron Donald every single run play right up the middle. They didn't run off tackle. They didn't run a single draw. They didn't throw screens. It was just awful. And Nagy got completely outcoached and embarrassed. So if we're going to stay on this topic, then I'm just going to jump right to the Rams game because that was Monday night, and that's the game that's kind of on the foreset of her mind. So the L.A. Rams offense was kind of interesting, too, because no one was really producing that great. I mean, they got eight receivers involved who had targets, two running backs that rushed, but then Woods and Cooper Cup also came off jet sweeps, which is a big part of their offense. Um, so you're seeing their production vary on different aspects of the offense, and you really don't know who's going to produce – week to week there. So they're a complicated offense to follow, I think, too. And they really confuse the Bears' defense. Yeah, I think part of that is just because Sean McVay is so intelligent. He mm-hmm. ran a bunch of plays to Josh Reynolds, which the Bears obviously did not game plan for at all. And he no. just tore him apart. And, you know, they exposed the Bears' weaknesses. Play that little fiddle. <laughs> I'm sure I will next week, too, when they play the Saints, and the week after that when they play the Titans. You know, I think you actually have a little bit better of a chance against the Saints, although they do have a pretty – I think you got a better chance if they do have an opportunistic defense, so I don't know how who I'm going to pick going into that game yet. I'll probably – just obviously I'm going to have to pick the Bears, but I think they match up a lot better with the Saints because Breeze is so immobile, and Mm -hmm. it's in Chicago. The field plays slower. Um. Then again, the Saints whooped them in Chicago last year, but they did have Teddy Bridgewater who could move around a little better. But it'll be an interesting game. Nagy has to change something. They can't keep going out there and throwing passes to Demetrius Harris and running Cordero Patterson for negative one, negative two yards and expect anything good to happen. So, Right. And now that I'm out of Swahili prison, according to Ron, I'll also point out that he has to pick against the Bears every week or um, you may lose the rest of your games. <laughs> uh, man, the curse is real. Yeah, so, you know, Mr. Seymour, how about you pick against him this week so, you know, one of our boys can get their team in the playoffs this year because it's not looking good for the other three. Yeah. I mean, I'm not counting Belichick out Yeah, He's still the evil mastermind, but, man, it's not looking good there either. But we'll get to that when we get our, to our uh, – Recap of the rest of the games. Yep. So, so now we'll move into uh, the NFL news of the day. And interesting coming out of Atlanta, both Julio Jones and Russell Gage were limited in practice. Uh, and they're playing Thursday night against the Panthers. Um, I think that may increase Kelvin Ridley's value, obviously, who seems to play well no matter who's in this offense. But the other issue with that is, is this offense doesn't click unless Julio Jones is actually playing. So outside of him, how do you feel about Atlanta's offense in this game in general? Well, yeah, it's a hit for Julio, and he had had the hamstring before, so it seems like it's a new injury he picked up on Sunday. So Ron and I touched on it a little bit yesterday, but, yeah, this offense is just a shell of itself without Julio. So, I mean, you'll obviously have to play Ridley and you'll play Gurley, but, mm-hmm. man, I don't know. Rough all around in Atlanta anyway. Oh, God. You think they're going to trade anyone at the deadline? I don't. I think the players that, you know, like Matt Ryan and Julio, the, everyone's talking about, I think they're a little too pricey uh, with their contracts. I don't think they'll have any suitors, really. Um, I agree. I don't think they so, would give up Julio for anything short of a first and another pick, honestly, even with his age and even with that horrible contract. Yeah. Atlanta's quarterback situation is going to be one of the things to monitor in the 2020 offseason because 
Arthur Blank refused to commit to Matt Ryan going forward. So, Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to look at and something to evaluate with that team going forward. Um, another news, Giants running back Devontae Freeman also did not practice, had an ankle injury. Um, there's not a lot to mention there because the Giants running back situation is terrible to begin with. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? Yeah, he had like uh, – I mean, I guess he got hurt somewhat early last week, but he had like 0.8 points, 0.8 fantasy points last week. and Dreadful. Uh, I don't know. The Eagles, you know, as crappy as they've been, I can stop the run a little bit, so – or trash, would, as we've been calling them, the whole division. Yes, the <laughs> NFC least. So. I like that, the NFC least? The NFC least. Oh, that may be the catchy phrase of the week. <laughs> Asshole, because they're going to come and take it. I can feel it now. Oh, speaking of the least important pickup of the day, uh, Des Bryant is on the Ravens practice squad. He may be good for their team, but he is not going to be good for fantasy football because the Ravens offense is not produced with receivers. Um so, I mean, he may have an impact, help them towards the playoffs, but do not pick him up. Yeah, he's actually not even on the active roster yet. They only signed him to the practice squad. So, yeah, I guess they're going to take a couple weeks and try and get him to learn the playbook. But, yeah, I don't really like the move fantasy-wise because, like you said, the Ravens already are pretty irrelevant with wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And you think of Des Bryant, he's a big – red zone guy and who's their big red zone guy it's mark andrews so is that going to yeah. take away from him going through the and outside of that um their only really relevant wide receiver brown is really feast or famine lately too um he's still fairly young even at his age i believe he's only 31 but he the ravens have been flirting with him for the last two years they brought him in uh for a tryout last year he wasn't healthy enough to play so you still really have to really wonder about his health um they're not really risking anything bringing him to the practice squad so what is he going to look like really right um i guess in other news too bucks wide receiver chris godwin fractured his index finger i don't know if you guys covered that last week and he's out for week eight yep so maybe yet nope so might i say that is definitely going to increase the value of mr no target mike evans and you know the plotting rob gronkowski ron that's right so I think, I think we a, should start calling him Ron Gronkowski. Ron Gronkowski? I like yes. that. Mr. Ron Gronkowski. Yeah, so look for him to be a decent start this weekend and going forward until he's back. Um, we'll have to watch the situation with Brown. I think he actually would be a very decent addition to this offense, and I think he is going to take targets because look at last year. He got no practice in with Tom Brady. He got one game, and, and he still had a productive game. I, I think they're going to plug and play him, and he's going to be – uh, proactive and they're going to throw who's going to whoever's going to get open and Brown is going to get open and if he's not they've got four other decent targets they can throw to yes sir so that is just the whole situation Watts um would you like to talk about Chase Edmonds being the primary ball carrier now that uh <laughs> Kenny Drake has been declared out yeah Brown and I touched on a little last night but I'm excited to see him by himself with the job mm-hmm. um Drake has a slight tear in his ankle, which I think is equivalent to a high ankle sprain. So you look at McCaffrey, speaking of news, who is possibly even going to play Thursday. That's something else to keep an eye on. But um, those high ankle sprains this year, it's been that four to six week mark. So I think you'll see Edmonds get three to four games himself. And told Ron last night, I think he runs away with the job and doesn't give it back. Yeah, I was listening to that, and I really believe that, too. Um, 
I don't think this is going to be a similar situation with Kareem Hunt in Cleveland where when the starting running back is back, they're going to give up that spot. I think Edmonds could really run away from that job because the starting running back with Arizona just hasn't shown the aptitude to keep that job. So that'll definitely be pretty interesting moving yeah. forward. Um, his numbers were interesting this weekend too. I mean, it was off five carries. I believe he had 58 yards. And he's even more threatening in the passing game, 87 yards off seven catches. And that was against the Seahawks, who had a bad secondary. Um, so, you know, look for him to take advantage against even sketchy secondaries. Um, I think even against strong ones, though, too, because uh, he's going to be the check down. So just look for him to be a consistent start this week. Next week. We yeah, get rid next of week. week. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just excited <laughs> to see him play after that. So, <laughs> um, I guess in more news, Cam Akers didn't touch the ball in week seven. You think he's uh dropped for everyone if you haven't gotten rid of him yet? Oh, I think he got like one carry late, if I remember it, but he was not at all involved. It was all Henderson and Malcolm Brown vaulted right. the goal line carry. Are you sure he got a touch? Because I saw online, I believe he didn't get any against the Bears. I think he did, and maybe it was called back on a penalty, but I saw two, three out there with a run late. <laughs> <laughs> well, whether it be zero or one carries, that does not add up unless he's got a 100-yard run for a touchdown and he's not a punt returner, so don't look for that to happen. Yeah. Maybe I'm just blind, but, yeah, after uh, his ball security issues, it looks like McVay just doesn't trust him yet. So, mm-hmm. And Henderson looked pretty good last night. He was explosive and ran pretty well on the Bears, so I think it's going to be him and Brown for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think they've decided that stable. And like you said, there's jet sweeps that go into that offense too. So they use their wide receivers in that position too. McVay is just a puzzle master. He just works whatever he thinks he needs to do. Um, and that offense just clicks in that fashion. Yes. All right. So in honor of the trade deadline being uh, part of next week, we've got a few trades that I think could be interesting fantasy-wise. I'm going to ignore defensive players because not very relevant to fantasy anyway unless uh, – you know, you're the Chiefs who are probably going to score 25 points on defense against the Jets this weekend. Um, <laughs> that's going to be bad. I think the line is like 20 points right now. It's somewhere above 20. Nice. You may want to take that line. Maybe not in the first half, but by the end of the second half. What's What's the over-under on uh, Lev Bell's rush yards? I don't even know. Do you honestly know? Yeah, no. I, no, like how, how many yards do you think he's going to run for? you think they're going to just let him get his sweet, sweet revenge, or do you think that it's going to be kind of CEH and then at the end they'll let him get a few carries? So, you know what, what was kind of interesting about watching him play in Kansas City this weekend was he actually took carries away from him this weekend, and he had a pretty good split, even though he hasn't gotten a lot of practice in, practices in with him. So I could see them just unleashing him and letting this be his revenge game. Maybe him toting the rock a little bit here. Maybe 75 yards and 50 receiving. Yeah, um, he looked – I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. I rewatched the game, and he looked kind of explosive. He had that one decent run. Uh, I think it was like, like carry for 16 yards. Yeah, he looked like he fit the offense pretty well, so. Yeah, no, I, I think anyone would fit into that offense well, to be said, but you get Le'Veon Bell back there. I mean, I think, oh, they're going to trash the Jets. It's going to be bad. Yeah, I don't. It's gonna be a lot of beer for me this weekend. Yeah, you know, Mahomes hasn't really had a big week lately, and I don't know if he's just gonna take out all his frustration on the Jets or. To be fair, though, I think this past weekend had to more do with the weather as opposed to anything else because the weather, the special teams touchdown, and the 
defensive touchdown really just kills. Yeah, I think he only had 200 yards passing, so he's look for him to unleash and have close to 400 yards this weekend. It's going to be nasty. I hope so, man. My team in our league needs to get back on track. Drop dude, two straight, you're going to catch me. You and you and me both, dude. I've lost two in a row too, but I do get Dalvin Cook back this week, so that's definitely going to help. Yeah. Yeah. Watch him sit out another week, just you know, on a mystery. No, I, I saw a report that it was like ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance that he plays this week. So I think. Yeah, they were saying they just wanted to rest him and get the bye week. So I think he's gonna have a monster week against the Packers. So yeah. I should get back on track this week. You know, I've got to catch you anyway. I seem to be getting a little bit closer in picks right now. So I think I'm I within know. ten points. Looking over my shoulder, man. Dude, I've been scraping, scraping away since week one, and I'm getting there. I'm like Buddha Baker, looking over my shoulder, waiting for DK Metcalf to tackle me. <laughs> Oh, man, that's like uh, <laughs> the playoffs escaping the Cowboys currently. <laughs> Who are they going to be starting a quarterback this weekend? We talked about it yesterday, Danucci. Danucci. The third string. Welcome to favorite names among how Seymour sees it, Danucci. Danucci. You, gotta, you like, can't say it without talking with your hands. That's right. <laughs> All right, so anyway, a little bit off track. We'll get back into those uh, trade scenarios. So from a fantasy relevant, we heard a little bit of a rumor uh, today. JJ doesn't tend to think it's true based on the insider it came from. Uh, mm. How do you feel about uh, Will Fuller going into England if that trade were pulled off? Um, I think his value goes down. Mm-hmm. Um. You look at the Texans, they're a team that has a bad defense and kind of consistently gets down early, and Watson is always throwing in garbage time. So Fuller's a lot of garbage time in Texans land lately. Yeah, so Fuller's pretty productive usually in that time, and the Patriots' Cam just has not looked good, and he's never been a great, accurate passer. Mm -hmm. So I think it hurts his value a lot. He's almost as productive as Montgomery in garbage time, which beat Ron last night. Oh, I just had to sneak that in there. Sorry. Oh. We talked about it last night. Ron couldn't have eight points from David Montgomery, and David Montgomery got the eight points and gave Ron the out. Right at the end of the game, too. That's what he gets for picking them. How fitting. (laughs) All right, so we'll move on to our next trade then, too. How do you feel if – Mr. Backup in Miami, Ryan Fitzpatrick, moved to the Cowboys in a trade. Because I don't believe it would cost a lot to get him there, and they're not going to be looking to trade a first-round pick for a quarterback. But it's not going to take a lot to win that division. you think that's something they may pull off? And what is the relevance of him if he were on that team? I don't think this happens. Um, You know, Miami actually, with the way the division is right now, they're actually kind of in it for the first time in a while. Which is strange. It is strange. And Fitzpatrick, I think, is really the mentor for Tua. And, you know, Tua has had the health issues in the past. So if he went down and the team was continuing to play good, they definitely want to rely on a solid backup. I don't think they're ready to give him up yet. Okay, so let me throw a scenario out there for you then. Say Tua comes out and lights it up. Fitzpatrick is shown to be a little bit disgruntled this week. He said he felt like he had his heart ripped out when they benched him. So he's not feeling good about that. Do you necessarily want that around in your locker room if Tua comes out and produces? There'll be two days where they could trade him. I, do you think that changes that perspective at all, or do you just think they don't trade him? I just I think 
Fitzpatrick had to get that out, but he's such a team guy. I think he, he knows that he doesn't want to be a distraction, and I'm sure he likes Tua. I don't see him doing that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fun scenario because it sucks right now as an owner of Cowboys fantasy players because you had all these guys having such an amazing season yeah. on the way to a historic fantasy season, and it's all just – I, I think outside of Amari Cooper right now, the other wide receivers aren't producing at all. No. A Gallup's droppable, Lamb. Ah, I don't know. We'll see what old Danucci can do. But uh, maybe maybe Danucci can put some life back into it. With that awesome of a name, you might be apt to. Who thought? I mean, still not as good this. as Jeremy Sprinkle, but Danucci's uh, pretty good. Like some Danucci. <laughs> you like you some Danucci? It sounds like a dessert. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys gonna give us some dessert this week? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All know right. Next uh, trade scenario I'll run by you is uh, AJ Green to the Packers. Uh, do you think there's any chance that something like this happens? And are there any other teams in the realm for him? Or do you think he just doesn't leave Cincinnati? I think if Cincinnati's smart, they move him. Um, he started to come around these past couple of weeks. So I think he's his stock is up. Um if the Packers want, they can just get rid of like the next three years first round picks for him. I wouldn't mind that. But, um, I, I unfortunately think that's actually a pretty good fit. A veteran, I do too. Receiver with Aaron Rodgers, him and Adams on the outside. That's kind of scary to think about. So I don't know. They do have Lazard. That's kind of ramping back up and possibly going to come back off IR within the next couple of weeks. So that's something to keep an eye on, but I think it makes sense. And I think it would work well as a, with AJ green as a rental player for the Packers. Yeah. I, I think honestly, for all the puzzle pieces fitting together, this one makes the most sense. Um, I'm just going to be frank with this. They pissed Aaron Rodgers off this off season. They didn't go out and get him any weapons. He's working with what they had and he's doing incredible with them. I think they may want to temper him, and this is the kind of guy that would temper him. Um, AJ Green has said he wouldn't, he doesn't necessarily want to leave Cincinnati. I mean, he may be excited because of the young quarterback they get there, but I don't think he would turn his nose to going to play with Aaron Rodgers. And I think Cincinnati's GM wouldn't be adverse to trading for him, maybe a third or fourth round pick. The contract's not too horrible, and I think the fit with the Packers would be pretty good. Um, yeah, reading, the, this... reading the tea leaves here, this could be a real one that could happen. Yeah, this is like the exact kind of move you'd expect at the trade deadline. A veteran player that's kind of at the end of his tenure with the team getting traded off to a contender. So, mm-hmm. Do you think he's got more value in Green Bay than he does with Cincinnati, even though he's come on the last few weeks? I don't know. It's hard to say that because the Packers, as good as Rodgers has played, really want to run the ball first with Aaron Jones in that Matt LaFleur offense and Burrow was throwing like 40, 45 times a game. So the targets yeah. are there. Um, I, I think he'd be a little more valuable with Green Bay. Um, it's interesting. He may have less targets, but I think the targets would be higher valued, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I know, that's, a, that's a good take. I think your dog has an input, too. You want to let him get into this? No, he'll, he's going to stay out of it. Because <laughs> when you say Packers in my house, you know, the dog. He just gets start, angry. They start, go, turn into attack dogs. We don't want oh, to do man. That. 
They probably go through the window when you say Aaron Rodgers' name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so on to uh, my last scenario. I don't know if you have any after this, but um, the Browns had Odell Beckham go down this past weekend. Um, I was thinking maybe an interesting fit with him could be Julio, but as you stated earlier, that's a lot of draft capital and a big contract that I don't think the Browns would end up wanting to take on, especially with the contracts they already have. So how do you feel about Golden Tate potentially being a, a good fit for the Browns? Hmm. I don't know if I see that. When okay. I think Golden Tate, I think Jarvis Landry. I think they're kind of similar players. I agree uh, with that. Good out of the slot. Um, crafty veterans. So I, I don't think I see that one. Who do you see? Do you see any other potential players in that spot? I don't think the Browns will make a move. I think the Browns will sit tight. You think they're um, happy with Higgins? They got I, – I don't know if they're happy, but he knows the <laughs> offense. And the year that Baker, his rookie year without Beckham, he was just better when he didn't have to worry about getting it to a high-profile receiver and he could just throw to the open man. Yeah. They got the two good running backs. Chubb shouldn't be out too much longer. They got two tight ends that are capable of making plays, and they got Jarvis Landry. So, yeah, it's I just, think they'll probably. That's a good, interesting take, I think, too, JJ, because um, they definitely do run their offense through the running backs. Um, Chubb will be back within a week or two here, so he's getting close. Um, Kareem Hunt definitely is a good target to throw to. Um, and an interesting story, actually, I heard from the Fantasy Footballer show was. Um, I believe it was last year, but when they were throwing it, when their starting quarterback was throwing to Higgins last year, instead of going down and celebrating with him, he actually went down to Jarvis and Odell and apologized to them saying, don't worry guys, I'll get you next time. So that's just telling that he pushes the ball in the direction because he feels like he has to, and he's not confident enough to just go to the open man. Um, This really might take the pressure off him. He played better with Odell there. They might look, move, look to move him in the off season, honestly. Yeah, and I, I was actually looking at Odell's contract, and I, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's still locked into his next year, so it's either going to be with Cleveland, and they're not going to be able to cut him. They'd have to trade him somewhere. It's just not a good fit. It just doesn't work. No, so. I don't believe it does either. Um, I think he would have to go to a very high-profile quarterback right now, and, I mean, even going down the list right now, like, I – can't think of anyone who really any high profile quarterback that really needs a star receiver. The top four or five just already have their guys in their offense supplanted. I just don't know where he's going to end up if they do trade him. Yeah, Green Bay, but who knows what they maybe. Gonna... But I don't, I don't know with Devonte Adams there. I mean, that may just irritate just... Devonte Adams, and he's a freaking stat monster. Odell Beckham is just a sad story. He's just world class talent, just has not been able to. Maybe back to the Giants. <laughs> Who knows? Ron would like that because he's got his Odell Beckham hat he's always wearing. It would make sense would. again. Maybe the Jets. <laughs> they don't got no one yet. <laughs> uh, Jets got enough problems. They don't need yeah, scandals uh, and everything that's, else. That's that true. Beckham I mean, yeah, but we've already hit rock bottom. How much worse could it get? It's not like Odell would make it worse. Nah, that's true. not true. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll uh, end the. Well, in my scenarios, anyway, you got any what you want to go over or you good? No, I just felt like slacking today, so I thought I'd make you do all the work. 
Ah, that's okay. That's all right. You you did your work yesterday while I was HD TV hunting for that's right. some houses. So with that, we'll move on to the second half of the games from this weekend. The first one we're going to discuss is the one you guys left off on, which was Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Um, what I think you could say about this is Deontay Johnson straight up looks like their number one receiver, but that's when he's healthy. Um, the issue with that is he doesn't seem to stay healthy, so that's going to open up targets for Claypool, Washington. I don't know what's going on with Smith-Schuster. Um, and that defense just may be historically great. Like, they just dominated the Tennessee Titans, and that score did not show that. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, I guess you want to talk trade scenarios. Juju Smith-Schuster, they could move him. I don't see them bringing him back with the young talent they have and how little they're utilizing him. He could go somewhere. Where could you see him going? Um, I I mean, he'll probably go to Tampa or something. (laughs) I don't think so. They've already got their own new problems with Brown there. That's where everyone's going. I don't know. I I would like to see – Juju go to New England and be the next Julian Edelman, Wes Welker there. He could be a bear. Hot guy. A I'm bear. telling you, he, he could be a bear. He could. He fits in really well with the culture that the Bears have, but the Bears don't have the money right now. And who knows mm, well, I mean, if you moved on from a certain Robinson, you might, and he's only 23. So, I mean, you, maybe you eat that contract for the second half of the year and then trade Robinson. Potentially. I think I it'd know. be a great fit. He's young, and he's looking for that contract. You could do that. If Pay up for a much younger were, receiver. If the Bears were 2-5 and five instead of 5-2, and two, I think you definitely would see Allen Robinson getting traded. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're, they're going to stick with him the rest Un- of the year. Unfortunately, you know, Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles likes him, so he's there for the year, I think. Yeah, he's there for the year. He'll probably get tagged, and it'll be a holdout and all kind of mess this offseason. So who, <laughs> who knows? How'd you feel about Tennessee during that game? Uh, I picked Tennessee to win this game. I thought they'd have a better showing. Um, yeah, that's right. I picked Pittsburgh, and I believe this weekend I only missed two out of the 14 games. Yeah, you whooped me this week. Yeah, I whooped everyone this week. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought Tennessee would get Henry going a little more. He, I think he had, like, less than 80 yards rushing. Um, I guess, I mean, that Pittsburgh Steelers D is is a real deal. See, and, the only reason I didn't, pick Tennessee and they were kind of on a roll is historically Pittsburgh just plays really well against Tennessee. I believe in the last seven games they are five and two against them. And even on the road, they perform well against them. I just didn't see Tennessee really hanging in there for this game, I guess. Yeah. And they didn't at first. And then they made a strong push when AJ Brown heated up, but it just wasn't enough. So yeah, no, he had a good showing for fantasy this weekend. Outside of that though, I mean, um, unfortunately, John U. Smith didn't show up for, you know, national tight end day, like many other ones around the league. That The tight end position is just crazy for fantasy football this year. Yeah. Not, no consistency across the board. Not good. Unless you got Kittle or Kelsey, can't really feel good. I guess Waller is okay. Yeah, Waller's all right, I guess. Um, I guess <laughs> with that, we'll move on to the next game. It was Green Bay at Houston. At Houston, yeah. Um, I mean, Devonta Adams was shown up by a certain Tyler Lockett, even though he had 196 yards and a touchdown. Just absolutely overshadowed by a man that had 203, 200 yards and three touchdowns. Just, I mean, it's almost like it didn't happen. <laughs> it's 
it was crazy. Houston could not stop him and Rodgers. It wasn't even a competitive game. And like no. we talked about when we were talking about Will Fuller, it was just Houston and garbage time most of the game. So Yeah, I guess the only thing you can take out of this from Houston is, um, you know, I think they're playing a lot harder now that Bill O'Brien's gone and stuff. Um, but you can see that consistency with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. They're definitely going to be relevant the rest of the year unless one of them gets traded potentially to New England, I guess. I don't see them taking Brandon Cooks, though. So um, if Will Fuller does get traded, though, I think Brandon Cooks' targets will end up going up, and um, he could really be a second-half monster. Yeah, let me ask you this. If one of those Texans receivers does get moved, what does that do to the value of Deshaun Watson? Where do you rank him among the other league quarterbacks? Hmm. Um, honestly, I don't think it really does affect him that much. I think he stays right where he's at because he's got the ability to run around the field too. Um, I mean, he's come on the last few weeks too. I, even if they trade one of the targets, I, I don't see it changing much. Interesting. You, you seem to have a different take on that. Um, not really. I, I pretty much concur. You look at the receivers, Stills, Cooks, and uh, Fuller, they all kind of have a similar skill set. They're speedsters that get down the field. So I don't think it would impact him too much. But I, I don't think so either because Cobb's still there too. Yep. Forgot about that. Yeah, they, they, there's still some other targets there. I really think I would be shocked if they don't end up moving one of these guys. Um, just because of Brandon Cook's nasty contract, I don't think it's going to end up being him. It'll end up being Fuller or and maybe not even Cobb because Cobb's got a bad contract too. <laughs> it's going to uh, – yeah, Watson has publicly come out and said he doesn't want any more of his receivers traded, so he's not going to be happy if they get rid of Will Fuller, who's probably his favorite target. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I don't think their GM cares. Oh, wait, what GM? <laughs> yeah, you have a name for me? Who's? I, I don't even know who's running that team currently, so could anyone even make a trade? Jeez. Oh, man, that Houston team is what a – what a mess, man. Like, they're over the cap right now. They don't have a first and second round pick. Bad contracts not coming yeah, off the books. Like, man, poor Deshaun Watson, man. Like, I don't even know what they're going to do. I'll tell you what, looking at uh, Miami, I mean, they're having a decent year, and they got Houston's first round pick, which is a top five pick right now. Sure looking good for them. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so with that, we'll move on to uh, – the uh, Sunday night game, since I mentioned Tyler Lockett already. I mean, dude, he made Drake or Patrick just look like an absolute clown with his 15 receptions. I mean, he could have gone for freaking 300 yards if they kept throwing his way. Like, anywhere Drake or Patrick <laughs> went on the field, <laughs> they threw that direction. It, 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 oh, he played horrible. Yeah, and Lockett, and to give him credit, just caught everything. Diving catches, sliding catches, just everything, and Lockett is an interesting case study because he either does nothing or he just goes out and just balls. I, I believe he's the number one fantasy wide receiver right now off that game, just off two big games. He's really yeah. a feast or famine option. If he could find a little bit more consistency, he just would be an animal. I, I mean, he is an animal, but a consistent animal, I guess. It's, yeah, it's kind of a story. Like, either he has a monster game or doesn't, and either way, he's always super efficient with the catches that he does get. So, mm -hmm. um, Something else to mention about this game, too, uh, besides uh, Seattle's very prolific offense, which doesn't seem to ever get on third down, um, was that their running backs also went down. Carson is expected to be out this week, but that's still questionable. Um, they said he'll probably be a game time decision this weekend. 
Carlos Hyde is also coming off an injury too. So that's a really shaky running back room down there in Seattle right now. And Penny's yeah. still not expected to be back till later either. Yeah, they said Hyde is suffering some hamstring tightness. So yeah. who knows? Those are always scary when you come in the week with that because you could start them and then on the first decent run they have, they just pull up and they're out for the game. So Yeah, on a non-contact injury too. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on his practice this week. And Speaking of running back injuries, there was also a certain Arizona running back that got back that we mentioned earlier too. So look for Chase Edmonds to go crazy, but we've covered that, so we won't go into that anymore. Something that I think my favorite sight during that entire game, though, was when that play broke down, when Arizona was running their offense and Murray saw DeAndre Hopkins down the field <laughs> wide open, and he just – it was just an oh, automatic smile. He just goes, smile. all right, here we go. It wound right up and freaking just threw it right down the field. It must just be so nice to have an offense that can square points and get yards. Yeah, and maybe why, couldn't, someday. why couldn't mine or your team just have taken – you know, advantage of Bill O'Brien earlier. Just incredible to watch him. <laughs> I mean, my team would still be 0-7, but at least we'd have something to build on next year. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to be a Patriots fan. My dad was born in Boston, so I curse him out for that pretty repetitively. His entire team is Patriots fans, and then he just – Oh, my God. Him, so. Disgusting. It's all right. We, we, got, we got Ryan on the show. We don't need two Patriots fans, so got to have some parody. Mm-hmm. You know, not, another set of miserable fans. <laughs> Although Ryan Steve kind of looks like it's going that direction. So with that, we'll move on to the next game, San Francisco and New England. Garoppolo looked great, man, in his return to New England. Um, much better than last week where he got benched. Um, and they also seem to be getting Devo Samuel involved in the running game, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and then, of course, yeah, we don't have rounds of glass, but Devo got hurt too. So. Yeah, that's all right. I'll just hold up a glass in that honor, I guess. Yep. It's all right. The only sound effects I've got are the intro song, the ending song, and a fiddle, I guess, and <laughs> clown songs when Ron's on. Well, hopefully we don't uh, have to use that fiddle for the Bears. <laughs> for, for next week. Um. So what do you think Garoppolo's fantasy relevance is going into uh, the second half of the season? Um, He has a really great matchup next week against the Seahawks. So it looks like he's recovered from that ankle injury. And I think he'll be, you know, streamable yeah. uh, based on the matchup. Um, I like him in DraftKings this week. So I'll yeah, he could be a good matchup with him. He's really cheap this week um, versus the worst pass defense in the league. So that's appealing. Um, and I think he's kind of developing a chemistry with Brandon Ayuk who seems mm-hmm. to be a really talented player. Man, so. him and Debo are just burners, man. Just just what you needed to do I get Shanahan more weapons in that offense. I'm so jealous of the 49ers offense. They can run the ball. They got Debo and Ayuk, who are just beasts. And then they got Kittle. All their pass catchers can run after They are what Nagy's pass. offense was supposed to be. <laughs> Kansas City is what Nagy's offense is supposed to be. He's a read yeah. product. Yeah, well, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's the exact opposite. Speaking of offenses, New England's offense just looks dead. Yeah, it it was absolutely awful. I don't know what has gotten into Cam. Um, working off some rust because he was out a few weeks maybe, but it's just the offensive line didn't look good. He's not getting the ball to Edelman. The running game didn't produce. Like, San Francisco just made them look like a joke. 
there were just some throws that were so off. Like they were really errant. and skied and just not even close. And you think there could be bad. an injury? Yeah, you think there could be an injury there that they're just not disclosing? Maybe he had a lot of physical damage last year and he got COVID. You know, I, I don't know that it's an effect of that, but just he has just fallen off the face of the earth since that game versus Seattle. I thought after that game he was going to have a monster season. But Yeah, I mean, it would be a real New England thing not to disclose an injury so I could see it being the truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, unethical New England fans, Ryan. That Ryan. Where is Ryan? Oh, I don't know. He's definitely not house hunting like I was. He, I don't know, must be stringing up something in his house or taking care of the kid. <laughs> or, you know, taking care of boogers in school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. My. Yeah, not sorry about that, Ryan. <laughs> Any- <laughs> anyway, on to our next game. Uh, Kansas City and Denver, the snowball. Any thoughts on this game? Um, just a weird game. You know, the weather, I was already weary of offensive production, but then you had a special teams and defensive score for the Chiefs. It just pretty much killed everyone's fantasy relevance besides CEH. Who uh, yeah, that's true. First game in the Bell era. So, yeah, um, like I said, this was just kind of the snowball where, uh, you know, gr- he just did exactly – Kansas City did exactly what they needed to to win this game. Uh, Pat Mahomes threw for 200 yards, so it wasn't a horrible game that was going to kill you this week unless you were JJ and you lost. Um, <laughs> I mean, his tight end did what they needed to do, which typically in these kind of games, that's what you're going to throw to is your security blankets. Uh, Tyreek Hill did get his touchdown but didn't have a big week either. Um, I think, honestly, what you look into this more is with their running game. Bell got carries in this game, and it was really early. You could look at this being a 50-50 split, um, I think, in a few games, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I I would like to see Bell get 10 to 12 touches a game at least. You saw him kind of flex, flex out into the slot a couple of times. Um, they moved him all around. So I think he's definitely going to be part of their offense. And obviously if something happened to CEH, he would be an RB1. Yeah. Um, I, I think if anything, Bell actually removes a lot of the production of their other wide receivers. Maybe uh, Sammy Watkins and people they would tend to put in the slot. Maybe Robinson when he actually gets a game or two that's halfway decent. Um, there's always another one I forget. I can never remember his name. Um, outside Byron of- Pringle? No, it ain't Pringle. Someone McCole else. Hardman? Yeah, that's it. McCole Hardman. I feel like he'll end up taking away from his uh, stat lines, and he's not been very productive anyway. Anyway, there actually was another team playing in this game, the Denver yeah. Broncos. Um, Noah Fantastic, man, just did not look good in this game. Um, he did get hurt again, too, but Denver's also throwing to other tight ends now, too, so that just isn't helping. Yeah, I don't know. It, Drew Locke, I don't Ron and I talked about it yesterday. We think Elway may have messed up another quarterback pick. So the unfortunate thing is, is I don't think they'll ever fire Elway because he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. That'll just have to be, as you guys said, a mutual parting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they're going to have to pay him a ton of money to leave. I don't know. I I think Fant will be okay. I 
you saw earlier in the season, his talent is undeniable. He's an athletic freak. Um, yeah, dude. They just got to get a click in that offense. It just They have not stayed healthy. The lineup has not been the same. You saw Philip Lindsay go down again, which yeah. he was running great and looked great. Explosive. Just can't stay um, healthy this year like a lot of Denver players. Yep. Just It's just been an unfortunate year for Denver who looked like they were going to be heading the right direction. It just might be another year for them where they're going to have to wait. And Elway may have just doomed another quarterback to ride the bench somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I feel for Vic Fangio. Did a lot of good for the Bears, so I was kind of cheering for him in Denver, and he's just been dealt a tough hand. I hope yeah. he keeps his job. Well, I mean, even if he doesn't, maybe you guys will bring him back as D coordinator. <laughs> you fine with me. All right, so we'll move on to uh, the resurrected Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what? Let me just take a second to say, screw you, Tampa Bay social media team. Screw yeah, you. Yeah, we're getting really sick of this. Tweeting out a picture of Carr and Brady shaking hands at the end of the game just to troll the Bears, Nick Foles. Screw you. Yeah, good. I'm glad you got that out there and got that off your chest. It. Another thing you're playing on the little fiddle tonight. I had to say it. <laughs> firmly cheering against the Bucks the rest of the season. Okay, so the breakdown of this game against the Vegas Raiders is uh, Tom Brady looks great, Evans gets no targets, and Godwin is now hurt. Gronk, MVP. And, yeah, Gronk moving forward as an MVP of the national tight end day, I guess. Gronk, Scotty <laughs> Miller. Oh, I think Scotty Miller's production is just gone now that uh, a certain Mr. Brown's going to be playing for them if Brown Next can week, stay on though, the field. Yeah, we, man. We talked about Godwin out. and Yeah, maybe he, maybe he gets his uh, ride off into the sunset next week before Brown gets into town. Who knows? <laughs> if Brady style. likes Scotty Miller enough, it's what Brady says. So, yeah. Maybe they'll yeah, but can four... I've, I mean, that would be a very New England-like kind of move now that Brady's in town. They've done things like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Another contract that no one's going to want to take on. So. Yeah, probably not then. they're gonna. It's going to be these mid-tier wide receivers that are going to get traded, I think, outside yep. of maybe A.J. Green. Yep. Um, so, with Vegas, how do you feel about Josh Jacobs? <sighs> Tough defense he's facing and the game script they got down, so it, it didn't really play into his favor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, he was I, missing some offensive linemen, too, which kind of played yeah, into it. Yeah, that whole week was really weird. They didn't know if the line was going to be able to play, and there's no Trent Brown, who's just a giant bulldozer who's great <laughs> in run blocking. So really doesn't help holes when you're just having Sue run you down, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess just be happy he didn't stomp on your neck this week. Yeah, I wish the Bears had Sue. He's kind of awesome. Dude, he's like he's – school defensive guy. He's very old school. Like, so I, I – from what I'm hearing, man, he's actually, like, one of the nicest guys, like, off the field. Um, he's, a, he's a strange dude, quiet, very professional. But, like, on the field, like, <laughs> you ever heard the flips interviews with – Yeah, he just flips that switch. You ever heard those interviews with uh, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show where he's talking about it is uh, <laughs> when he's actually talking with the Dominican Sue? It, it's something to go look up, man. Like, it's, it's funny. What, what time – when was he on the show? Was it after the Bucks and Packers played? Yeah, yeah, so that's actually when he brought up that interview. I don't remember if it was the week before or the week after, but he actually talked about, like, how they were talking about, like, hey, we need to have a discussion after this game. And he didn't know if Sue took that as an adult discussion or if he wanted to fight him off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, not that I would fight Nadal against Sue, but. 
I loved that game watching Sue throw Rodgers all over the field. And there was that clip that it looked like Aaron Rodgers spat it and Dominican Sue. Oh, man. So. I mean, would you have been shocked the way he treats some of his players? <laughs> Not at all. Oh, I wouldn't blame him either. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the last game, I think we're going to breeze right over that again because we've already covered a lot of it, was Chicago at the L.A. Rams. Um, we covered everything we wanted to with the Rams. And with Chicago, so let's, you know, not go over that fiddle again. <laughs> yeah, fine. Not talking about that for maybe the rest of the season. All right. And now that I am hosting this show again tonight, we are going to go back into my favorite thing, which is DraftKings. And I believe we both have a lineup for you, a way too early in the week kind of lineup, so you can start setting yourself up and then adjusting later. Um, I'll let JJ lead off with his lineup. Uh, yeah, so this is – Lineup I made yesterday at the very beginning of the week. Um, just I'll you went real early then. Mine was today. <laughs> I just yeah, it's my process. I'll make a lineup or two like Monday and then tinker with it throughout the week and then kind of like how I put Bernard in my lineup. Yeah. Later in the week. Right. Um, so my lineup is like we talked about earlier: Jimmy Garoppolo, he's only fifty-four hundred. Mm-hmm. Alvin Cook at seventy-five hundred. Kareem Hunt at 6,900. Uh, Brandon Ayuk at 5,800. I got the stack with Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen at 6,200. Tyler Boyd at 6,600. Uh, Cole Komet at 2,500. Cole who? Cole Komet, the Bears tight end. Had that really? 40-yard catch last night. <laughs> I think so I be- see you're ignoring the tight end position just like the rest of fantasy sports this year. Well, if you look at the top of the uh, – you know, Millie Maker, everyone had like Fells or, you know, really cheap tight ends. That seems to be the trend this year. So. It's, it's all right. I'll give you one. I'll give you a cheap tight end option you could all think right. about and mull over when we get to money. And then uh, my flex is Josh Jacobs at 6,200. We just talked about it, like his matchup versus Browns. And then I may change this because I played them before the game, but the Bears defense at 2,800. All right. Um, You're Homer pick. That's all right. Yeah, like we talked about, I think it, they match up pretty well with the Saints offense, and it's in Chicago, so mm-hmm. that's what I got. That's a pretty interesting lineup, because you've got some that are very similar to mine. I did um, go a little bit different towards the top half of mine, but it's interesting that you brought up Kareem Hunt, because I was looking for a way to stuff him in my lineup this week. It just didn't work out for me, though, because I didn't want to remove a lot of the players I ended up stacking this week. So uh, going into my way too early lineup this week, which is going to absolutely change throughout the week, um, I'm going to go with the hot hand here. I went with Joe Burrow at 6,200. He's going up against Tennessee this week, who was a 28th-ranked defense. Um, I'm going to learn my lesson this week and stack some of his players into my lineup. I only had one, and J.J. ended up winning a lot of money this week because he stacked two into his lineup, so I may look to do that. Next, I've got Dalvin Cook. So that was a similar player you played in your lineup. He always plays well against the Packers. He's a little bit cheaper than the top two options. Um, $7,500 is a good price for him here. Next, I'm going with uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's 6600 and coming off a of bye, so he's nice and rested. Typically, teams who come out of the bye like to play their younger players and get them more involved. I think they're going to make a point to bring Jonathan Taylor into that offense and centerpiece him. So while he's also been consistent somewhere from 15 to 20 points, look for him to be on that higher end this week. Um, as JJ did, I put Tyler Boyd into my lineup. He's a decent option at 6,600 against a very bad secondary, who I think is going to be playing from behind again this week. So I th- imagine that Joe Burrow is going to have to throw a lot. 
I've got AJ Green because he's 4,500. I kind of just hope they, yeah, I really hope they just ignore their rookie, which I don't think will happen. So I may be tinkering a little bit more looking for another option there. Um, Next, I've got Harrison Bryant at 3,200. I mean, he had an excellent game with all of the Browns tight ends, 22 points in DraftKings last week, only 3,200. They're definitely going to throw the ball around now with Odell out too. He may have some more options there. And like I said, there's some injuries at that position. Next, I've got a little bit of a slider here. So DJ Dallas from Seattle. Oh. Um, I, I really do not believe that uh, Carlos Hyde or uh, their starting running back will be playing this week. I think they're going to end up rest both of them. And I think DJ Dallas will end up starting in him. And he's merely 4,000. So um, I, I see him getting the production there. And I'm throwing him in there because I wanted to play a really expensive defense this week. And that was the Chiefs defense against the Jets. At 4,500, man, like they had 20 points last week, and they could do that again against the Jessica, who have an absolute trash defense. Um, so, you got any thoughts on this kind of lineup? Well, I would like to say that the Chiefs could have 40 points this week. They but... could, man. I, I really wanted to play their defense for that reason. Not that I would ever want them to do that to my team and humiliate them, potentially pushing the Clemson quarterback to want to go back to Clemson next year. Mm-hmm. But, man, it could just get – this could be – an all-time bad game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we, we could be seeing flashbacks to the New England-Tennessee game of their 18-1 season. Very I be- possible. I believe it could be that bad. <laughs> well, I, I like your lineup. Um, Burrow, I, I looked at him. I had to go cheaper um, quarterback because I spent so much on running back, so I won't grapple ultimately. But mm-hmm. I had Burrow in there at times when I first started. Um we talked about it earlier. He's throwing the ball over 40 times every game. And Tennessee is a team. Oh, and I uh, forgot to mention one more wide receiver I had in my lineup, too. Yeah, it I was, was Tyreek Hill, oh. who I believe was going to have a monster game, too, because we have no one in our secondary. I was just scared to play Chiefs because I feel like it could be a game where they just get up so fast and then it's just – yeah, well, Tyreek Hill might have two – it could be, but it might be Tyreek Hill just getting a lot of touches. But who knows? Maybe I'll uh, throw uh, Bell into one of these lineups too because I know it's a revenge game and he may go off and he's probably a very cheap option. Are you going to get your violin music going when you make that lineup? Man, he's going to be dialing up. I'm, I'm ruined for him this weekend, man. Like, I want him to have a good game. I, I would love the upset, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I'm kind of in tank mode and I'm accepting that we're going to lose the games and I'd really like – certain Clemson quarterback as a Christmas present. <laughs> as long as you give Darnold to the Bears. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, he would definitely be an increase, I think, for your team and the outlook of all your wide receivers. Is there uh, anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? Um, no, I think I'm tapped on this Tuesday. I'm going to go <laughs> play some Warzone and try to get anything about Bears football. So. All right, so this is how Seymour sees it, a fantasy football podcast show. You can follow us not on iHeartRadio because Ron can't seem to find it. That you can Ron. follow us. Yeah, get on that, Ron. Um, you can follow us on Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Simple Podcasts through the internet link, or you can just plug it in on Google. Uh, share this with your friends and download this. Comment under the Apple podcast and get the share with everyone. We'll get you shout outs. We'll get everything. Just start spreading the show out. So on that, have a good night, everyone. Take it easy. Joe, I still the boom. Uh-huh.
man. You gotta get it back. What'd you steal? Your boom. I said it last night. Now you gotta say it. That's all right. I got it for this one. 